are starting a brand new series today, and I believe God's going to do something special. Uh, we're calling it Wide Awake. Wide Awake. I really believe this. God wants to wake us up. Some of you physically, but all of us spiritually, all right? God wants to wake us up. Luke chapter 9, verse 32 is going to be our text for the series. It says this, Peter and his companions were very sleepy. Anybody relate? They were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, when they became fully awake, not just halfway, fully awake, they saw his glory. And the two men standing with him. When they became fully awake. I believe we got a lot of Christians that are half asleep and not fully awake. Asleep to what God's doing. Asleep to the purposes of God. Asleep to his voice. Asleep to how he's moving and what he's doing. And if you don't know this, God is moving. God is speaking. Even when you can't see him. Even when you can't track him. God's on the move. And I want you to know this. God's looking for a church that is awake to the purposes of God. You, you ever been like half asleep? You know what I'm talking about? Like you're driving. This is, it's not right, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. This happens to the best of us, and, and you just get a little tired. You pull in your driveway, and you're like, how did I get home? You ever had that? Ha- it's kind of scary how many people relate with that. Um, but it's, it happens. You're falling asleep. You, 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 ever, you ever been falling asleep, and then you hit like the little bump on the side of the road or whatever, and all of a sudden you're awake. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah, I was awake the whole time. It, the adrenaline surges through your body. I want you to know God's plan for you is to be that. Awake spiritually. Spiritual adrenaline surging through your veins. Awake to what God is doing. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. This is going to be our text for today. Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to read 10 verses starting in verse 36. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Now, I don't know how Peter got this invite. Honestly, like Peter's crazy, but he's a part of the inner circle, and he got, he got the invite. And he said, took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground, and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Now, don't be super spiritual. I want you to actually look at that. Jesus, the Messiah is saying, hey, is there any other way? He's talking about the cross. Like, is there any way around this one? This one sounds like it's going to be a little painful. He says, is there any way around this? May this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. I just would hate to be that guy. You know, like, don't be that guy. This is, this is Peter. Like, man, man, you're going to be crucified tomorrow. Jesus is crazy. You told us about it. All right. Ah. Right? And he goes to sleep. Jesus is like, yo, Peter, I brought you. You're the inner circle. Like, wake up. And uh, so he wakes him up. He says, couldn't you men keep watching me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and he prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. That's just funny to me. Like, why else would you sleep? It's like, my eyes were light, but I felt, and it's like, no, anyways, the Bible's funny sometimes. So he left them and went away at once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and he said to them, are you still sleeping 
and rest him. Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. I want to talk to you for the next couple minutes from this subject, wide awake. Wide awake. You know, most studies and and really most uh, advertisements uh, for sleep are not about being awake. They're for how you can sleep. All kinds of studies, all kinds of research, all kinds of apps, how you can sleep better. But there's not a lot for how you can be awake better. It's like supplements, like take this, take this energy drink or take this shot of coffee. and I mean, just, you, can, you can be awake. But, but it's not a lot about being awake. There's a lot about how you can sleep better. And I want you to know this. God's plan for you is to be awake spiritually. It's to be awake to what he is doing and how he is moving. It is to be fully awake to the purpose of God. And as I was studying this week, I I started looking at at, at things that make you sleepy spiritually. Things that make you sleepy spiritually. And, And I found a couple of them. One of them is this, stress. Your stress makes you sleepy spiritually. This is what it does, is when I'm awake to what I feel, I'm usually asleep to what God's doing. When I'm awake to what I want and how I want it and the condition of the world, usually I can't physically sleep. And so I am spiritually asleep. I'm awake in one area physically, but I'm asleep spiritually. Stress. You know, another thing that makes us sleep spiritually is sin. Sin, I I knew it was going to be heavy on that one. Sin, Sin is just disobedience. That's what sin is. The technical definition of sin is missing the mark. God has this for me, and I do this. It's sin. It's, it's not like you are the most evil person on the planet Earth. It, it's, you missed the mark. You, you disobeyed. And when we disobey or when we walk in disobedience, it causes us to be asleep spiritually. It causes us to just be lulled to sleep in certain areas of us being able to sense what God is doing and what God is saying. But the one I want to focus on today is, is this one, that it's sorrow. Sorrow. Sorrow makes you sleepy. Sorrow makes you sleepy spiritually. You, you know in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke was a doctor. And in his Gospel, he writes and has more detail than any of the other Gospels. He has a lot of, if you, if you read them, uh, right, one right after the other, you'll notice that in Luke, he calls attention to details that none of the other books call attention to. And specifically, in what we're reading in Matthew, in Luke's account, he says this, that they fell asleep because of their sorrow. Isn't that interesting? I thought, like, they're sleeping because they're lazy, right? Peter's definitely sleeping because he's lazy. Like, I mean, we know old Pete is just like, he's an issue, man. He's a problem. He's always putting his foot in his mouth. He's always doing stuff he shouldn't do. You know, he's like the guy that cut the ear off. Right, you know that guy, he's like, I got you, Jesus. You know, and he misses, cuts the ear off. Because no one's trying to cut an ear off. He was trying to cut his head off, he missed. Jesus is like, geez, Peter picks up the ear, puts it back on, heals him. That's in your Bible. That's crazy. Some of y'all need to read your Bible. You're like, wait, what? That's in there. They're asleep, but they're not asleep because of tiredness. They're not asleep because of laziness. They're asleep because of sorrow. 
Theologians believe that because Jesus had told them what was about to happen, that it wasn't that they were sleepy because they had a big meal and they didn't sleep the night before. They were sleepy because they knew that Jesus was about to die. They knew that he was about to be crucified. They knew about the horror that he was about to walk through in the next 24 hours. And it's easier, and this is the truth, it's easier to sleep in a storm than it is to face it. Jesus was trying to bring them into his conversation. He was trying to teach them something, but they didn't want to face what was happening now. They didn't want to face what was about to happen tomorrow. So instead of facing it, they slept through it. They slept through it. And multiple times, Jesus goes back to them, waking them up. And Jesus says a couple things. The first time that he leaves them, he says this. He says, I want you to stay here and keep watch with me. I want you to stay here and keep watch with me. I think this is interesting because Jesus is trying to encourage them to be awake. He says, I want you to be awake to what's happening. I want you to see what I'm doing. I want you to see how I am progressing through this process. Now, if you don't know this about Jesus, Jesus was both fully human and fully God. He, he, was, he was a blend of divinity and humanity. And the Bible teaches us that he gave up his divinity. He gave up his God-likeness so that he would be a man, so that he would be human. The only way that he, could, that he could save humanity was to be humanity. The only way that he could rescue us was to be like us. It wouldn't be fair if God came to earth in the form of Jesus and didn't sin because he was God. That wouldn't help anybody. He came as a man, giving up his divine qualities and attributes so that he would be tempted just like we are tempted. He would go through trouble just like we went through trouble. He would feel sorrow just like we felt sorrow. And when Jesus comes into the Garden of Gethsemane, this is just literal hours before he's arrested and then crucified. He knows that the end is drawing nigh. And he begins to have this conversation with the disciples. And he says, I need you to watch. I need you to watch. I need you to be awake to what's happening right now. Because Jesus was in a process that he was inviting them into. The next thing he tells him, he says, he comes back, finds them sleeping, and he says, he gives them another clue. He says, I don't want you just to watch. I need you to watch and to pray, and there's a reason why, so you will not fall. I need you to watch, and I need you to pray, so you will not fall. So you will not fall. He's telling him, there is something that's happening in this conversation. There's something that's happening in this process that you need to understand so that you don't fall. What's happening now is important for what's happening tomorrow. See, I think for a lot of us is what's happening now gets so in our head that we can't see tomorrow. The failure of today blinds us from the possibility of tomorrow. The disappointment of today blinds us for the hope of next year. And we get, this is with the disciples, the sorrow of that day left them sleepy. But they didn't have the vision that Jesus had that what was about to happen was about to produce something and there was something on the other side. Can I just take a minute just to encourage a couple people? God always has something on the other side. God is always working behind the scenes. God is working when you can't see him. God is working when you can't track him, when you can't trace him. I'm telling you, in those moments, you have to trust that he's working more than ever. Because when I can't feel God, sense God, hear God, God's working. And so Jesus tells him, I want you to watch and to pray. And then he says this. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, I think, I think we got a lot of good people in this room. I don't think we got like a bunch of evil people. You're welcome. 
think we got a bunch of people who are just like, man, I just want to do bad things. I hate God. You wouldn't be here. You came here because there's something in your heart that desires God. Something in your heart that desires him. There's something, for most of us, even people that do bad things, honestly, most of the time are not bad people. But this gives us a clue on why this happens, is that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want to be a man of God, but sometimes my flesh is weak. I want to think the right things, do the right things, say the right things, but sometimes my flesh, it's not because I don't want to be good. It's because there is a battle. That's why Paul says, the very things I want to do, I don't do. The very things I don't want to do, I do. Anybody ever felt that? He said, there is a battle. And Jesus was trying to teach him something. He said, you got to stay awake because your spirit is willing. You want to do the right thing, but your flesh is weak. You're, you're, you're weak in your resolve. You're weak. And so Jesus was trying to teach them how. How to be wide awake. The more you are awake to the purpose of God, the more you sleep on the desires of your flesh. If you want to overcome sin, you don't just say, stop sinning, stop sinning, stop sinning. You say, oh, there you are, God. I'm looking at you. I'm obsessed with you. I'm focused on. You don't need to look at your sin anymore. The more you look at your sin, the more you're going to gravitate towards sin. You need to look at your Savior. You need to look at his grace, at his mercy. And if you get so obsessed with him, you'll stop doing that. Or if I can say it this way, if you become awake to him, you'll be asleep to that. Most people think that not sinning is a practice of self-control. And I would propose this to you, that not sinning is not about self-control. It's about what you're awake to. If you're awake to God... You will please God. If you're awake to your flesh, you'll please your flesh. And your flesh becomes strong by what it's fed by. You, you remember those old, like, cartoons with, like, the angel on one side and the demon on one side, right? So it's like this demon's like, jump off the cliff. Angel's like, don't do it. <laughs> the demon's like, kill him. Angel's like, love him. Like, do voices, right? The voice that is loudest in your life is the one that you feed. I don't like the negativity. I don't like the negativity. I don't. You're feeding it, feeding it, feeding it, feeding it. you got to decide that if you want the voice of God to be strong in your life, it's the voice you have to focus on. It's the voice you have to tend to. It's the voice you have to be aware of. Now, I want to show you something in this that I thought was just really interesting. You might have to put your thinking caps on just for a second because this really got me this week. Because I saw something that I'd never seen in Matthew 26 in the conversation of Jesus. He brings his disciples into the conversation. And the first time that he goes to pray, this is what he says. He says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Now, remember, he's in his humanity. He's a man just like you and I. He says, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, this is legit Jesus asking, is there any way around this? That's the truth. Well, it, it, just, it reads well for the story. No, Jesus was really asking. Hey, like, um, God, I got a brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, there's a, there's a second option. Like, if somebody else wants to do this, I'm totally good with it. This way, but then he comes to the he comes to the resolution, but not my will, but your will. He comes back to the disciples, he finds them sleeping. He's disappointed not because they're sleep, not, not just because they failed, he's disappointed because they're not awake to what he's doing. Because he wants them to see his process. Does this make sense? 
So when he goes back the second time to pray, he prays this. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Theologians believe this is called, this is called contextual evolution, which is that the words are the same, but the context changes, which means the meaning of the question changes. So this is how it should read. The first question is, God, if there's any way out, I'll take it. The next time he asks it, he says, I don't think there's a way out. So I'll do it. And it continues. It says the third time that he asked the question, scholars believe it was not a question. It was a declaration saying, God, I'll do it. Look at this progression. Is there any way out? I don't think there's a way out. I'm in. Did you know that he was trying to show the disciples that progression? He was trying to teach them to be awake so that they would learn that this is the key to it. He says that he surrendered to God's will. He said, not my will, but yours. Not my way, but your way. He ends every question with the same resolution that it's not about me. It's about you. And he was trying to show the disciples that the reason I need you to be awake is not so you can be moral support. I don't need you to be awake because I'm going to make the, the wrong decision. I'm going to make the right decision. The reason I need you to be awake is that you've got a storm facing you. And you won't have strength unless you're awake to see the surrender in me. Because the same way that I'm going to overcome is going to be the same way you're going to overcome. So you've got to learn how to surrender. Your strength is in your surrender. Your strength's not in your gifting. Your strength's not in your ability. Your strength's not in your friends. Your strength's not in your pastor. Your strength is in your surrender. That's what Jesus was proving. He was proving that his strength, when his strength ran out, he says, ah, but not my will, but yours. Do you know why I think a lot of people just stay asleep? Because the end all of their life is them. My retirement, my future, my job, my family, my possessions, my cars. It's me. Jesus had the exact opposite approach. He said, it's not about me. It's about you. You know, Christians all the time, it's my seat, my service, my parking lot, my pastor, my... Whoa, 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 whoa hold on. It's not about you. It's about him. It's not about me. It's about... Him. Now, this is what's wild to me, is that the disciples that were with him, that inner circle that walked with him, that fell asleep on him, and he was trying to teach them how to be awake. Those disciples, they leave the Garden of Gethsemane, right? They leave, and both the sons of Zebedee desert him. They take off. They leave him. After they just were with him in the Garden, they, 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 they're like, ah, we're out of here. We're, we're out. And Peter, he stayed with him for a little while. He cut off the ear. We talked about that. Then he gets to the courts, and a little girl comes up to him and says, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And he begins to curse and to swear, call down curses on her, on himself, saying, I never even knew him. Now, this is wild because Peter, a couple hours before the Garden of Gethsemane, was sitting around the Last Supper with Jesus. And these are the words that Peter said. These guys might deny you, but I never will. In fact, I'll die 
before I disown you. A couple hours later, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says, in order to stand out there, you're going to have to surrender right here. But instead of being awake, he was asleep. And because he didn't see the process of surrender, he didn't walk through the process of surrender. So when he got into the storm, he didn't have the strength to stand. Because your strength, friend is in your surrender. This is just my own opinion. I really believe this. I believe that if the disciples would have stayed awake, then they would have always stayed with Jesus. But because they didn't stay awake, then they didn't have the strength to stay with him when the storm got too tough. And I think for many of us, the reason we don't have strength, the reason we don't have sustenance, the reason we don't have longevity is that we've been sleeping in places that we should be awake. That we've got to wake up to the purpose of God. I don't care if you've been to church for a day, for 11 years, for 100 years. you got to know that there's more to God. We've got to grow. we got to move. we got to wake up to the purpose of God and see what he's doing. We're going to wake up. Wake up that, that he's moving, that he's speaking, that he's working. And if we're going to have strength, we've got to recognize and come to the same resolution that Jesus did. That, that this thing's not about me. That the goal of my life is not me. The goal, the, I'm, I'm going to work for me. No. The goal of my life, really where life gets fun, where life gets exciting, is when life's not about us. That your business even isn't about you. Honestly, it takes a lot of stress off. It takes a lot of stress off your shoulders. My shocks are going out of my car. It's a bumpy ride right now. It felt so good to be like, hey, God, your car is a mess, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I, we got to recognize that we don't own this stuff. This thing is not about me. It's about him. It's not my car, my kids, my wife. It's him. It's not my legacy, my destiny. My, it's his. Not your will, God. Not my will, but yours. Your will. Your way. I think we get too bent out of shape about what we want. Well, you know, this church is a little bit loud. Yeah, because it's alive. We're awake. There's a lot of sleepy churches. If you want to list sleepy church, I can give you some recommendations. This is awake church. That's, your kids are going to love this church. It's not about you. Your kids are going to want to grow up here. And when they go to high school, they're still going to be in church. They're still going to be serving God. They're going to be on the worship team. They're going to be leading the kids' ministry. Because this is not about us. It's about him. This is not about our preference. This is not about our ideas. This is not about the way we like things. This is about him. It's about the next generation. It's about legacy. It's about God, not my will, but not my will, but yours. Peter, when he denied Jesus, I think it was this. If, you, if we're not awake spiritually... Our own desires and fears will get in the way of our surrender. If we're not awake, when you become awake spiritually, you ever been stressed out about the condition of the world? I have. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, rough times out there. The more I am awake to that, the more I am asleep to God's hand in the midst of that. But if I can be awake to God, all y'all still arguing about politics? Even though I said it like a thousand times, like, get off social media with your politics. You're not bringing life to anybody? Like, for real? If you're blocked today, you know what? I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a joke. It's a joke. Stop. Smile break. 
the more I'm awake to God is working in the midst. Well, I don't see how he's working. My gosh, how could he work through? Stop. Do you know more than God? Some of you are like, well, maybe. No, you don't. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. I hit on something there. Well, we, we might stay here for a little. No, I'm going to move on. Move on. I got to be awake to him. God, what are you doing? What are you saying? What are you? Do you trust him? Can you trust him when you don't see him? Can you trust him when you can't track him? Can you trust him when you don't trace him? Can't. He's working. He's working. God, I, I'm so awake to my desires that I might be falling asleep to yours. I'm so awake to what I feel and what I think and what I want that I might be falling asleep to you. You know, I was looking up this, this week some different things that help you be awake. Like practical things, natural things, but I think it relates to us spiritually. Like practical things, like, like how, do you, how do you just be more awake? Drink more coffee. No, like, like just how, like natural things. I've tried that one. It does work fairly well. But this, this is it. This is what I found. Right rest helps you. This right sleep helps me be more awake. Right rest represents dependence. If I can depend on God, if I can depend on him, and somebody come back to the keys, we're about to close. If I can depend on him, then I can rest. And if I rest well, then I can be awake well. But if my worries are keeping me up, then there's no way I'm going to stay up. I'm going to get sleepy spiritually because I haven't learned how to rest. In, does it make sense? I haven't learned how to depend on him. Right rest, right diet. Right diet. I mean, it's just a natural thing. But like you, you, you can eat some crazy stuff that really affects how you sleep. But if you want to be awake, your diet is a contributor to how awake you are. You ever ate like a massive like carb load meal? It's just like, I think I need a, I think I need a, I think I need a nap right now. Like you're driving home from the restaurant, it's like, I, I literally am falling asleep now. What you consume matters. If the things that you're awake to are negativity, 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 ne you, will be, have a hard, you will have a hard time being awake to what God's doing. I can't be awake to what God's doing and be awake to all of this negativity at the same time. You know what would be good for some of us to do? Sleep on negativity and wake up to God's voice. Sleep on all that criticism, all that junk going on and just wake up I got a, I got a buddy he's not on social media at all and um and I was talking to him like man you gotta get on social media like no one knows anything that's happened on your in your life he's like isn't that awesome I'm like you got you got, a, you got a point he's like it's so amazing like I love that I know I have the pressure of social media see I'm just living my own life just doing my own thing got my family just to I'm like yeah well, I guess. Like, but we live in different states, so I'd love to see like your kids once in a while. Like that, that, that'd be cool. He he's so asleep to all of that that so he can be awake to this. And you know, I think a lot of times Christians we're the opposite. We're so awake to everything. Every I mean everything. Oh, she said this, and he said this, and this church did this, and this church did that, and that song, and this, and this. Whoa, just go to sleep on some of that. For real. Go to sleep on some of your opinions. 
Go to sleep on some of your preferences. Go to sleep on some of your selfish inclinations. Go to, or maybe I'll just put it on myself. Like some of you, like, oh, I'm self. Dustin, go to sleep on some of your selfish inclinations and wake up to what God's doing. Wake up to selfless living. Wake, see, the thing we're a part of, let me just give you this one because this, this one's even better. This will, this will, I got two more for you. Right routine, which is your rhythm. It's your rhythm. Well, I slept a lot last night. Yeah, you haven't slept for the whole week before that. That's why you can't stay awake. It's the right rhythm. You got to have a rhythm, which means you got to spend time with Jesus. Now, this is old school. Some of you are like, well, I know that. He's going to talk about prayer. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. Because you know what? It would be incredible if we actually just did the simple things. Someone's like, well, could we talk about eschatology? Why don't you just do the basics first? And once, well, I know the basics. Do you do the basics? James says, don't just listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. If you want your life to change, just do what you know. Maturity is not knowing something. Maturity is applying what you do know. Maybe we just need to do the basics. Maybe we should just all 2020 just teach the basics. That's it. We're just going to teach the basics. We're not going to, but that'd be good. Guitar. Rhythm. That means like on your way to work. Just like spend time with Jesus. We make room. We sang that song, make room. We make room for everybody else. Oh, someone we graduated high school with. Man, we got to make room to go to dinner with them. Oh, someone you don't even care about. You got to make room to go have lunch with them. Your kids are in 14 different sports. You make room. Be at all of them. You're coaching three different teams. You're on two different committees, working two different jobs. You got uh, to make room. And then it's like, I don't think I have time to like spend time with Jesus. We can make room for everything else. Make room. Like, hey Siri, make me an appointment for 8.30 a.m. tomorrow morning. Just like that. Hey, can you go to breakfast tomorrow at 8.30? No, I have an appointment. Who with? If they're asking you that, they're too nosy already. All right, I make my own schedule. I'm a big boy. Like, stay out of it. I got, a, I got an appointment. If I want to have an appointment, I have an appointment. You need to schedule in some time with Jesus. I mean, just some old-fashioned worship music and just be with God and wake up to his voice and wake up to his word and wake up to his purposes. And then this is really good. This is the last one. The right motivation. This is what will really get you awake. The right motivation. It's purpose. It's purpose. You know what was wild? You know what, Je what kept Jesus wide awake? It wasn't the nails. It was not the crown of thorns. It was not the whip that was about to be used on his back. What kept Jesus awake, the Bible even tells us this, was his purpose. And you know what? A lot of us, our purpose is us, 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 and we fall asleep. His purpose was you, you, you. And he stayed awake. He said, I'm wide awake. Adrenaline was coursing through his spiritual veins when he looked at the cross because he didn't just see a cross and he didn't just see nails and he didn't just see a whipped back. He saw you and you and you and you and you. And he said, how could I sleep? How could I shut these eyes? I am wide awake. I'm wide awake to God's purpose. I'm wide awake to God's plan. I see millions and millions of people that will be able to say yes to Jesus because yes to me, because of what I'm doing. Wide awake. You know why you're asleep? Because you don't have purpose. It's easy to sleep on yourself. 
That's a, that's, I'm, I love you. You're probably amazing, but that's a lame purpose. It's a lame purpose to just live for me. This life is not about me. My life gets fun when it begins to be about other people. I begin to just pour out and give and recognize what God is doing. I'm awake to what he's doing. I'm awake. God, what are you doing? What are you saying? How are you moving? What do you want us to do? We got some huge developments coming up that you're going to hear about in the next couple weeks. And you know what it came as a result of? Being awake. God, how can we make a difference? How can we expand? What can we do? We're just going to be awake. Awake. Oh, look at what you're doing. Man, this is fun. This is fun. You know why Christianity's boring to you? Because you're asleep. Your motivation is terrible because your motivation is you. Life gets really good. I mean really good when motivation becomes not my will but your will. You know what today's all about? The first part of this series and by the way the entire day is about is about surrender. God not my will but yours. Not my way but your way. Not what I want but what you want. Now this is crazy. Matthew chapter 9, a couple chapters before this, a man comes to Jesus and he says, my daughter is sick and she's died. He said, I need you to come to my house. So they come to the house. When Jesus walks in the house, people are mourning. She's already dead. She's gr they're grieving. The, the girl is laying there dead. And this is what Jesus says. It's crazy. He says, oh guys, she's not dead. She's just asleep. She's just, they were laughing at him, making fun of him. Because she's dead. But that's people that are not awake to what God does. Those are people that are not awake to how God moves and how God works. Because I've got good news for you. What is dead to us is asleep to God. And some of you, you felt like some parts of your heart would never wake up because they're not asleep. You thought they were dead. You thought the dream was dead. You thought the business was dead. You thought the marriage was dead. You thought the relationship was dead. You thought your future was dead. You thought your career was dead. But what we call dead... God calls asleep. You thought you needed a re resurrection. Maybe you just need an alarm. Maybe you've just been asleep. You thought you were out. You thought you missed it. You thought there's no chance, no way. All you need is a wake-up call. And I want you to hear my voice today and let me be your annoying alarm clock. Let me be the annoying sound that you just want to press snooze on because God's calling you to wake up. Wake up, man of God. Wake up, woman of God. You've got a future ahead of you. You've got a plan on for your life. There's a purpose on you to live for. Wake up! Thanks for listening to the Church 1132 broadcast. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com.